IABC Ottawa presents a media-style production. The Voice takes listeners inside all corners of the communications, marketing, and creative sectors. It's real-life stories from the ground shakers of Marcom. What can we do to help you take your career to the next level? I'm Tina Barton, and this is The Voice. My name's Erin G, and I was the chief organizer for this past weekend's TEDx Elgin Street. Ottawa needs more events like TEDx or other iterations of TEDx because there's a lot of great things that are being done. You know, you have down the street here, Hub Ottawa, where there are so many cool people doing really fantastic things. Shopify, you've got Canvas Pop, you've got Invest Ottawa. Those ideas and those initiatives fall under the TED mantra of ideas worth spreading and we should be celebrating those people. MediaStyle is a progressive, digital-first public affairs agency. Our team are experts at crafting strategy, creating content, and building communities of action, and measuring the results. We're passionate about what we do. We're innovators in social media and interactive design, and we're helping shape the new Canadian media landscape. So come visit our studio in downtown Ottawa. We'll put the coffee on and chat about how we can help you tell your story. Hello to all our listeners and thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Voice. I'm your host, Tina Barton. Today we're discussing how to host an event, TED Talk style. I'm joined by Erin G, Chief Organizer of Ottawa's TEDx Elgin Street event this past weekend. Welcome Erin. Thanks Tina, thanks for having me. So I'm going to begin by sharing a quick explanation of what a TED Talk is. It stands for Technology, Entertainment and Design and started in 1984 as a one-off conference. It's pretty remarkable that due to its novel content and format, it's grown to become the worldwide phenomenon it is today. Now TEDx events were introduced in 2009, which opened up the TED format to allow communities to independently organize their own events. So today, Erin's going to be sharing some insights on how to host a TEDx event with event planning tips that'll be broadly applicable to anyone. Erin, let's start by hearing from you. What makes TEDx Talks different to a regular event? So the unique, unique thing about TEDx Talks is that uh, the, the length is up to 18 minutes, and that differs from your typical keynote at a conference, which typically run uh, 20, 30, 60, and sometimes up to 90 minutes, which can be a bit of a long time um, as an audience member. And so having up to 18 minutes forces a speaker to be succinct and to really enables them to captivate their audience a lot better. Why choose to host a TEDx event specifically? What and who is it good for? The really beneficial thing about hosting a TEDx event is the brand behind it. You know, it, TED is a very recognizable brand. It's an inherent promotional thing. Going under to the TEDx umbrella is definitely a big, big benefit. And of course, not just anyone can go under the TEDx banner. They've got some pretty strict requirements around hosting a TEDx event. Here are just a few of them. Securing a TEDx license, featuring a certain amount of videos from the TED Talk library, not charging more than $100 US, no profit making allowed, not even to donate to charity, and speakers don't receive payment either. So listeners can find this information on the TED.com website. Erin, a question relevant to any event, although you'll be talking about your TEDx event obviously, how do you go about picking an event theme and selecting speakers? 
One of the guidelines that TEDx provides when you're picking your theme is to keep it broad. So for our event this past weekend, we had someone in the solar industry. We had people who were doing social innovation and social enterprise. We had people who were trying to innovate public policy. And they all fit under this really broad um umbrella that we had called uh, Rethink and Rebuild. And in identifying the speakers that your team wanted, did you also put it out to the community? Was there an opportunity for the public to participate and, and help pick their speakers of choice? Yes, we definitely went through um, a nomination process uh, early in the fall on Twitter and on our Facebook page where people could nominate uh, their speakers. That's something I wanted to talk to you about too. What are some of your tips for, for promoting an event and boosting community engagement? We kind of bypassed the traditional media. We did send them press releases. Um, but it wasn't picked up that well. Um, so we relied mostly on our own personal networks and using social media. Unfortunately, when we were putting out the call for nominations for speakers, our social media following wasn't as big, so we weren't able to get as many nominations as we probably will going forward. So I think a good lesson learned there too is the long game, I guess, because you want to have a sufficient following before you put the call out to nominations. So a lesson learned for our listeners, mm -hmm. you know, grow your community, before the time that you actually need them. Definitely, definitely. Um, and we really relied a lot on our personal networks to put forth the message and share with their friends, for sure. Now, going back to the speakers, because TEDx has these rules and these guidelines, um, does that mean you vetted your speaker's presentation? So you, you would, are you required to know in advance to make sure they're keeping with the TEDx theme? I met with each of the speakers one-on-one -on -one, um, to kind of see where their heads were at and see uh, where their content was going to be going and how it fit into the theme. And then as we got closer to the event, uh, we had a session where our whole organizing committee was there and our speakers would come in kind of to meet each other, but also to kind of give their presentations and get feedback. And I think that that was really beneficial to a lot of our speakers, especially those that didn't have a lot of experience uh, with public speaking. All right, so we're hearing that the personal touch is, is important. Yes, definitely. Now, what's really interesting to me about TEDx is there's a participant selection criteria. So, for example, your participants, the people who were allowed to come to the event, were chosen based on their drive to promote thinking differently in their community. And I'm assuming that having a participant screening criteria has been shown to improve the event experience and relationships among the attendees by ensuring there's lots of common ground. I've attended a number of TEDx events in the past um, out in Vancouver where I'm from. One of the big benefits for me was I had a fairly extensive network, but going to a TEDx event, I always wanted, I was excited to meet new people. So I wanted to be able to provide that for the attendees of TEDx Elgin Street. However, um, the TEDx guidelines also suggest that because you know the brand is so recognizable that a lot of people will want to attend and so they recommend that you know there is a screening process just to ensure that there's fairness and uh, transparency for everyone. And of course the beauty of TEDx and actually a requirement is that the event is broadcast live so people that can't make it to the event for whatever reason still get to experience it. They can participate online through social media. You know, it just opens it up to far more people, which I think is a great strength. And it really appeals to my democratic principles and the whole open data movement that's increasingly growing. Definitely. And it was really nice because we had three out of town speakers, so they were able to promote it to their families and friends back home and have them follow along too. So let's hear from you some of the highlights from TEDx Elgin Street this past weekend. I really enjoyed the fact that the event ran so well. I mean, as an event organizer, to be able to just kind of 
be hands-off for the day was really refreshing and very new. Um, I had was fortunate to have a great team supporting me. Um, we had some great sponsors and our AV team from Algonquin was fantastic. In terms of content, um, I really liked Sarah Gelbard's talk about um, practicing space and trying to, I guess, hack space for lack of a better word and trying to make something different out of it. I encourage you all, if you have an, a cubicle that you're uh, going back to tomorrow to hack it and try to figure out a way to engage other people in your space. Um, I also enjoyed watching the speakers network with each other, but also with the attendees during breaks. And that's really one of the biggest strengths that uh, the TEDx events have, is being able to network with new people, but also do a network with the speakers. And I also enjoyed uh, Katie Zapiri's talk at the end of the day on the power of the bystander was really timely in this era of bullying, you know, be it at the elementary school, middle school, high school level, but also across colleges and universities in Canada and the US. Um, it's very, very important, and even in the workplace. Let's talk about budget. What type of minimum budget is required to host this type of event? Um, so our TEDx license allows us to have an event for up to 100 attendees. And so that also is part of the reason why um, you have the screening process. Tied to that license, you're allowed to have a budget of $10,000. And like you mentioned earlier, Tina, um, there's no profit. And you have to raise the money through sponsors, through ticket sales. Because the length of our event was seven hours, that created a difficulty in adhering to the $10,000 budget because we needed to provide food. And that's a substantial cost. I think that was probably our most expensive line item for that. Because we had to live stream, you know, that was also the, the next biggest cost. And what are some tips for securing that sponsorship? Especially as a new event, it was really difficult to get sponsors. Um, but once we started announcing our speakers and talking about what the content of the day was going to be, it was a lot easier to get sponsors. Really pitch to your sponsors and say why you think they align with your conference and what the benefit for them is. And providing them with demographics is really, really important. It's a lot of uh, the questions that we receive back from them. That's what I was going to say. To me, TEDx is enabling a community to connect with its community and try and improve its community. So you can really leverage the personal connections to, to, to go to sponsors. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What are some lessons learned for people to bear in mind when planning an event? Um, I think it's important to really ensure that you have the right team. And I think it's also really important, especially if you're organizing an event in your spare time, like we were doing, um, to lay out the expectations with regards to time with regards to um, you know levels of commitment because you want to be able to avoid having conflict that really isn't necessary. You spend a lot of your time not together as an organizing committee, so having clearly laid out emails, clearly laid out emails to your speakers, to sponsors, is really, really, really important. So ERNG's top tips are have clear expectations, clear timelines, make sure people understand what they need to do and make it really easy for them. Yeah, definitely. What are the first steps people should take if they want to host a TED-style event? I think the first steps you need to take are to kind of find someone who will definitely help you through the entire process, you know, kind of a, your number two person for the, for the event. And the second thing is to apply for your license. And that actually took us a lot longer 
than we thought it was going to be. Um, the initial planning for TEDx Elgin Street started about this time last year with the very first meetings taking place and we didn't end up with our license until July 2013. And when you're applying for a TEDx license, uh, the name that you are associating with the license needs to follow some very specific guidelines, um, but it also needs to kind of speak to the community you're trying to serve. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much, this has been fantastic. Well, it's been really insightful for me and for all our listeners, I imagine. How can people connect with you, Erin? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, I'm at Erin, E-R-I-N underscore G-E-E, or you can email me at Erin at TEDxElginStreet.com, or you can follow you know, the TEDxElginStreet Twitter account at TEDxElginStreet. More information about TED Talks and TEDx Talks is available on the TED.com website. I'm your host, Tina Barton. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Connect with me on Twitter at Tina M. Barton. Thanks to everyone for listening. Catch you next time.